Welcome to Disrupting Japan. Straight talk from Japan's most successful entrepreneurs. I'm Tim Romero, and thanks for joining me. Today, we're going to talk about the future of poop. And I, I promise you that it is both a lot more interesting and also a lot less, well, strange than you might think. Shinji Fukuda is the founder and CEO of Metabologenomic, a startup which is usually, and thankfully, referred to as Metagen. Shinji and Metagen are mapping out the complex biome of the human digestive tract. Our gut biome is an incredibly complex ecosystem that exists within all of us. And it is an ecosystem. These bacteria don't share our DNA, and they're not simply along for the ride. We couldn't function without them. And there's a lot of variation between cultures and between individuals. Metagen is now working with some of Japan's largest healthcare, pharmaceutical, and chemical companies to commercialize this research. Of course, Metagen is not the only startup in this space. And Shinji and I talk a lot about when and how this tech is going to roll out to consumers, some of the scam startups that are already trying to get in on this bandwagon. And we dive deep into one of the biggest problems facing deep tech startups in Japan. But you know, Shinji tells that story much better than I can. So let's get right to the interview. So I'm sitting here with Shinji Fukuda of Metabologenomic, who's researching and monetizing the gut biota. So thanks for sitting down with us. Hi. And, and by the way, is it, is it okay if we call the company Metagen the way people tend to do in Japanese? Yeah, Metagen. Okay, good. So listen, I, I think you can explain this much better than I can. So what exactly does Metagen do? Our goal is to create the disease zero society. So we have a huge number of microbes in the gut. And you know, the gut microbiota has a lot of function. And maybe, you know, it has been reported that the imbalance of the gut microbiota related to the, some disorders like uh, cancer, inflammatory bio disorders, and also gut microbiota induced some systemic disorders, like metabolic disorders, and also mental disease. That's why our gut microbiota is really important to keep our health. It's amazing the amount of research that's being done on this right now, and it's still a relatively new field. So for Metagen, what is the, the main goal of the, of the company? Are, are you trying to develop more targeted medicine? Is it better foods? Is it a healthier population? What, what is it that the company is focused on? Yeah, actually everything, but we have some priorities. We go with healthcare to develop the technology to keep our health healthcare. And also last year, we established our group company, Metagen Therapeutics, which uh, focus on the cure that patient with the IBD. So the, the company is now trying to prepare that fecal microbiome juice. Do you know the fecal microbiota transplantation? Yeah, yeah, the, the fecal transplants. Because, um, you know, our feces contain a huge number of microbes, so they can improve that 
sickness. I didn't even know our fecal transplants is that common in Japan. I didn't even know if that was, <laughs> was legal and approved yet. Not so common, but in the clinical trials, researcher proved the effect of the FMT in the IBD patient. So it's still all, all of this technology, these treatments are, are sort of in the clinical trial phase? Yeah, not, in, not only Japan, in, also the U.S. I want to get back into the research and business model in, in a minute. But so tell me about your customers. So how are they using your services? Metagen is now provide R&D support service. And the main target is the food and, you know, supplement company. Actually, our goal is to control our gut microbiota using some food or supplement because our gut microbiota is affected by our long-term food habit. But we don't know yet how do we regulate the gut microbiota. So I noticed you've put together the gut design project. It looks like about 40 very large Japanese companies in a variety of, of industries. What is, what is that about? Actually, we have to develop the gut microbiome database. We are now collaborating many companies. So before you were kind of jokingly referring to this as a poop data bank, <laughs> but, you know, which I mean, it kind of is. Yeah, actually, yeah. In the Japanese company, they have some yogurt supplement, but yogurt could not improve the everyone gut microbiota. So we don't know yet what kind of product is good for the, the person. So uh, we need a database. So that's why we collaborate with many companies to perform the clinical trial. Which kind of product is good for you? It's a range of food companies and insurance companies and chemical companies. Are, are they all doing research and contributing to this database? Or are they customers or sponsors of the research that's being done? Less than half of companies are developing database. But the other is learning about the gut microbiota. Actually, I have been working on the gut microbiota for over 20 years. And now many papers are published regarding gut microbiota. And it's really important. So that's why they are to, to join this, our gut design project. Yeah. Those sort of open corporate collaborations are funny things. They're, they're useful, but it very rarely develops into sort of a, a center of revenue. So how, how do you imagine this consortium in, in five or 10 years? Is it something that you think will, will help map out and fill out this database and then sort of drift apart? Do you think it's going to form the core of the technology you're bringing to market? What role do you see it playing? Yeah, gut microbiota is really important to keep our health. But so do you know your gut microbiome profile? Not a clue. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. I, I just, I know it's something I probably should know, but I, I don't. <laughs> yeah, but actually, got the microbiota is tightly affected to the, our, our health condition. So that's why our first goal is to develop a new society, which everyone knows their own got the microbiota profile. One of the things I find fascinating about what you guys are doing, not just the research itself, which I think is fascinating. But Metagen is an example of one of these deep tech startups that are happening in Japan. I think there is so much incredible research being done that is just now starting to get commercialized. So you were founded about five years ago, 2015 or so, right? 
Yeah. And it was a joint collaboration of KO and uh, Tokyo Institute of Technology. Yeah. From a research point of view, it's clear why this is an incredibly important topic. But let's let's talk about the business side. Let's let's talk about your your business model. So, how do you make money? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So at this time, we collaborated with the big company to perform the clinical trial, like a CRO, because we have a service to analyze the gut microbiome. But in the future, we develop B2, B2C service to analyze your gut microbiome and uh, we recommend some solution to improve your gut microbiome. Ooh, I, I definitely want to talk about that in a minute, but, but right now I, I want to back up and talk about your current model. Are, are you strictly doing a services model where the various companies contract the research to you or are they kind of a joint development project where you would get royalties on treatments that you jointly discover? Yeah, both types are there. But now uh, we, we get some money from the company to perform the clinical trial and also other R&D support service. And also we now try to prepare the fecal microbiome juice. Selling to academics and research support, I imagine that market is fairly limited size. So you were talking about direct-to-consumer products or B2B2C products. Yeah. What does that commercialization look like? We developed a new kit to collect the fecal sample. And actually, we had a patent stabilization of the feces under room temperature because feces contained many bacteria. And if at the room temperature, the gut microbiome change and also metabolite are altered. That's not really a consumer product per se. That might be something hospitals would use to, to send out to collect samples before a physical or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Actually, I think maybe it was in an interview you did a while ago, but you were talking about like making a toilet that analyzed the, yeah. the feces. What, what happened with that? <laughs> yeah. In the future, we will develop a smart toilet to detect health condition using your poop. But uh, we don't know yet what kind of, how to say, index should be required to develop the, the smart toilet. So, those kind of like smart toilets are, are almost in that category of like um, like flying cars. Uh, it's, do you know what <laughs> really? I mean? It's like people, yeah, yeah. I mean, people have been talking about this for like 30 or 40 years. And it seems like such a good idea. But but it never seems to happen. Why is <laughs> why is it so hard to build this? <laughs> if we sell the smartphone, do you buy our product? Yeah, I mean, if it worked, I probably would. It sounds like a really good idea. <laughs> really? Yeah. I mean, what what makes it hard? Is it that the the samples have to be collected in a particular way, or the the processing power? What what's what's the hard part about doing this? Yeah, but we don't have good idea. <laughs> but we are now performing some research. You know, the AI technology is very good for the smart toilet because if we check the color and structure of the feces by using some camera, the AI detects this poop is good or bad. 
I would, I would totally buy that. I mean, I, I, I guess people might be nervous about the whole camera thing. <laughs> yeah, I understand. So that's fine. Yeah, yeah. Privacy invasion and things, but you know, I, I don't know. Japanese toilets are already pretty smart. I think it would be. <laughs> yeah. But it seems like a challenging problem because, uh, like in the U.S., you biome mm-hmm. also analyzing poop, and they were just shut down in like a, a massive fraud. And and so I'm I'm wondering like what about this problem is is so difficult? That's you know the gut microbiota produce many types of metabolites you know more than thousand compounds. That technology is a little bit difficult to manage, but we have. And in the global only they perform the metagenomic analysis and the sequencing of the bacterial genome. So that is only now which kind of bacteria are there, but they don't know the function of gut microbiota. But metabolites is a key molecule to affect the human body. And we now get the microbiome data and the metabolome data. We combine this into our database. Wow. So, so in a very real way, the problem is not so much on the, the technology and engineering side. The problem is just... This is still new science. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's a very complex ecosystem that we don't fully understand yet. Yeah, we don't know yet everything in the gut microbiome. Which, which is actually kind of exciting, but it makes it hard to make predictions. So I'm, I'm, I'm curious, usually we have engineering trying to catch up with science, but it sounds like now this is sort of science trying to catch up with the engineering. Long-term what do you think this is going to look like for consumers? How will this come to market? Will we see supplements? I mean, not like scammy supplements, but I mean like real useful supplements. Uh, are, are we going to see like home test kits? I mean, h- how is this going to come to consumers? Yeah, our idea is, you know, do you eat yogurt? I do. I eat yogurt. My wife feeds it to me regularly. <laughs> So do you know the effect of the yogurt? I mean, feel the effect of yogurt? Um, yeah, actually, I... I really? Uh, yeah, I do. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's good stuff. It helps. <laughs> it gets, gets things moving. But it's, it, it's not like a scientific sort of thing. It's more <laughs> of a, a gut feel, if you will. <laughs> Most eat yogurt, but they don't feel the effect of yogurt. Less than 10%. Meaning that, you know, the gut microbiota profile is totally different individual. Base gut microbiota profile is different, so that's why there are responder and non-responder. But do you think we'll get to a point where people will be able to, like, test their biome at home? Yeah, so that- As a consumer product, like, testing poop is really a tough sell. <laughs> yeah, because the price is relatively high. Well, and it's also kind of ick, you know? Ick, sorry? Oh, it's also like people don't want to do it. Oh, I see. Oh, yeah, yeah. I understand. (laughs) But that is very big wall. But we have to break through there. But you know that if the patient want to improve their condition, maybe they check their gut microbiome using our kit. And if we provide very accurate solution, that's very valuable for them. So how much do the kits cost if, if you were selling them direct to consumer? Like about how much would they cost? 
Yeah, actually, at this moment, we don't sell the kits for the consumer, but other Japanese company、uh, provide the service. That is 20,000 yen per kit. Okay, so, you know, $200 or so. That's, that's reasonable for consumer,、really? consumer product. 200? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's expensive, but if someone's really concerned about it, I mean, people pay more than that for gym memberships and all kinds of supplements. And I mean, yeah, people I, pay I crazy、understand. amounts of money. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> so, yeah, it's on the high side of consumer, but yeah, it's, it's doable. So, yeah, maybe we will see this coming into the consumer market sooner than we were expecting.、Mm, yeah. Hey, let, let me ask you also one thing that was interesting. You guys decided not to go the regular VC funding route. You, you turned down VC money. It, it was mostly you and your co founders' capital and some bank loans. And why did you decide to go that route? If we get money from the venture capital, they set the goal IPO or MA, like an exit. But our goal is to create this disease zero society. That is a very far goal. So that's why we have to develop a new service, products, drug, many, many things. We firstly develop new service and we sell them to get money. And we also develop the new service or product using that money. I mean, that makes sense. I think a lot of people raise money too early. When you raise venture capital, you're signing up for a very specific business model. But let's say you figure out how to make that smart toilet. Would, would that be the time you'd go out and say, okay, now we're raising funds to commercialize this? Is that, is that the plans for the future? Yeah, actually, in the metagen therapeutics, that is the funding model because、um, big money should be required to prepare the fecal juice. Or of the patient. Awesome. Yeah. And before we were talking about your new subsidiary in Singapore, why expand into Singapore? Yeah, actually, <laughs> our support service is very valuable for developing new products like a yogurt supplement. So that's why we expand our service to the global. The first focus on the Asia. Is Singapore a hub of this kind of research, or is it just sort of a, a convenient Southeast Asian headquarters? All right, that's it. Could you explain? Is there a r o o m for me to interrupt this conversation now? Yeah, 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 sure. No, I'd love to, I'd love to hear. <laughs> It's interesting.、Uh, all right, all right, <laughs>、awesome. okay. So, well,、uh, so the, the message in Singapore is the headquarters for the business in Asia. And what we are trying to do is not only for selling, we also try to find out the company or the researcher who have the synergy for our vision to collaborate. And especially、uh, in Asia, there is so many kinds of herbs and spice, and, and they do have a very unique material of them, <laughs> and which has a very huge potential for actually affecting the gut environment. So, the one of aim is to find out the super substance from the Asia to make the people's gut environments better and、uh, more effectively. So, so, for example, in, like in, in some parts of India or China where there's particularly spicy food. Yeah, there you go.、So, you'd expect to find like really unique or special. Yes, exactly. So,、uh, for example, in Japan, 
the many Japanese people have the specific bacteria which is able to degrade the substance included in the seaweed because they eat the seaweed every day. And that is why we have developed the bacteria which is able to use the seaweed substance. So we should be able to find unique bacteria or the unique substance in each country to make the people in other country more healthy. For example, in Papua New Guinea, there is the people able to metabolize the potato into the amino acids, make the body very muscular. So if we can find bacteria like that, maybe we can make supplements to make people thinner, muscular, and more healthy until the old age without losing any muscle or something like it. All right. So th this is just a, a, the next step in creating a truly global database. Yes. Of course, for expanding our business, we also have to do marketing to the company to, in Singapore, but we also try to accelerate our R&D and try to make it our vision much faster. All right. Awesome. Um, let's, let's give the mic back to, to Shinji. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but no, thanks. That's really helpful. So Shinji, I, I want to ask you, let's talk a bit about Japan. One of the things I think is fascinating, we talked about this before, the importance of Japan's deep tech and spin-outs from university. Mm -hmm. I, I'm curious, what do you think is the best way for Japanese universities to more successfully commercialize this deep tech? Mm, difficult question. I think that the ecosystem should be required because in the Boston, there are a Harvard, MIT, very hard to say talented students out there. And they established uh, a startup and venture capital funding them. And also the big farmer are there. So that's why that ecosystem is already established. But in Japan, no entrepreneur, no good VC, <laughs> no. Well, see, but, but this is the thing like on, on paper, it looks like we have this, especially around like Todai and Keo. There's lots of industry support. Japanese pharma companies are involved. Both Todai and Keo have VC funds, but but something seems to be missing. I think the entrepreneur, the number of them are very low, in, in, in not enough, because a good science are there, and a big company are there, but the gaps is the startups. Um, at Metagen, you, the CTO, the board members are all academics. Yeah. You're, you're all from university. So have you thought about bringing someone with more of the business experience, the more startup experience on board to help grow and run the company? Yeah, yeah. I'm responsible for this point. So that's why I start our startups. Because in Japan, most of the time they don't develop these startups because they only focus on the science. But for me, I got a PhD in the agriculture. So I think that good science is good for people. Application science is easier than pure science to develop some startups. Yeah, it's a very different skill though. I, I, I've noticed like, I mean, some people are good at multiple things, but in general, like 
some people are really good at the pure research and pure science. You get some people who are really good at developing the applications, the more engineering aspect of it. And you get some people who are really good at the, the business side. It's really hard to find someone good at more than one of those, but it's almost impossible to find someone good at all three. <laughs> yeah, that, I think that that is based on the research field. Because the、um, gut microbiota is very, how to say, lucky area. Good science are there, and also we need some the technology to cure the disorders.、So、this field is very, very suitable for the basic science and application. Well, yeah, and I guess like what we were saying before, like the engineering challenges aren't that big here. It's mostly the science catching up to our engineering ability.、Mm, yeah. Well, listen, Shinji, before we wrap up, I want to ask you what I call my, my magic wand question. And that is if I gave you a magic wand and I told you that you could change one thing about Japan, anything at all. I see. Yeah, you could change the education system. You could change the way people think about risk, the way people view science education in general, anything at all to make it better for startups and innovation in Japan. What would you change? If I use a magic hand, magic wand, wand I can change the Japanese mind. Like, like how? How would you change it? Yeah,、that? actually, all of Japanese people are you know, defensive. But I, if I use magic wand and change the mind, maybe, you know, I guess the regulation was changed and they are maybe more happy. So, like you mentioned, defensive, which is a really interesting word. Do you mean more conservative? Ah, yeah, conservative. Yeah, conservative. Okay. I've noticed there, there are, there, there's this image of Japanese people not liking change. But in terms of things like regulations, they're very slow to change. That's true. But there's also Japanese consumers are incredibly novelty seeking, always looking for something new, something trendy, something different. Consumer behavior and fashions change really fast in Japan. I guess most of them are stereotyped. If the maker on there, some commercial, most of them buy that product. Ah,、uh, Okay, I see. So it is still kind of conservative. <laughs> yeah.、Mm. But if the literacy of the consumer is higher, I guess only good service or only good product they buy. So that's why I think that the motivation is not so conservative. In Japan, in culture is maybe changed. The way you're describing it, maybe it's not so much less conservative, but maybe like even more like thinking deeply about is this change good or bad rather than just quickly rejecting. So, the same thing you were saying about regulations with Japanese medical regulation being very strict, which is good, and very slow, which is not. The fact that gut biome research is so new, does that make it even slower or more difficult, or does that not matter as much? Actually, you know, we got the feces through the、uh, non invasive. So I think it's easier, but the gut microbiome is tightly related to the, some disorders. We analyze the gut microbiome and we know the risk of the disorders, but people is not disease. Before disease condition. So, so, the fact that you're not diagnosing a specific disease or a specific condition that makes it more difficult? Yeah, because that is the criteria. I got it. I see. Hmm. 
for your vision, what you want to achieve here, that seems to be a pretty significant problem. Um, the fact that you're not diagnosing a specific disease or condition. I actually got the microbiome as affected by the food habit. My idea is to know what kind of food is how moderate their gut microbiome. So first of all, we developed a new uh, database and we recommend good food for you to keep their condition healthy. And also we developed new drugs using the microbiome itself or the metabolites from the gut microbiota. And also I think that education should be really important because most people don't know detail the gut microbiome, but gut microbiome is really important to our health. So, I mean, it sounds like there's a lot more work on the social understanding and the pure science to be done as well as the the real startup-y commercialization point too. Well, listen, Shinji, thank you so much for sitting down with me. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. And we're back. It occurred to me after the interview, but one interesting thing that Shinji's research demonstrates is that we'll never see a real Jurassic Park. Think about it. All animals, including us and dinosaurs and woolly mammoths and whatever, are not simply machines built from blueprints defined in our DNA. No, we're actually complex ecosystems that include thousands of different species of bacteria in our guts and throughout our bodies. In fact, only 43% of the cells in our bodies have human DNA at all. The rest are part of this complex and unique bacterial ecosystem. And that ecosystem is not really defined anywhere. It's passed from mother to child, and to a lesser degree, among members of a community. No animal can live without it. In fact, in a real way, they don't even exist without it. And once that complex ecosystem is gone, it's gone forever. Okay, but let's put aside the uh, life-finds-a-way discussion and get back to the startup at hand and their business model. In many ways, Metagen perfectly represents the challenges facing Japan's best deep-tech startups. Metagen is in an amazing early position. They're leaders in a brand new segment that could potentially transform healthcare. Mapping the human biome could well have a more direct medical impact than mapping the human genome. They already have access to venture capital and the discipline not to take it until they really need it. Metagen is in a good place. However, The challenge for almost all Japanese deep tech startups is that, at some point, they need to take the focus off the research and move it into commercialization. And that is something that is exceptionally difficult for talented researchers to do. There are always more research questions that need to be answered. Most Japanese deep tech startups never make this transition. And that's a big part of why so many fail. But to be fair to Shinji, he knows this transition needs to happen. And it looks like he's set some internal targets for when and how it's going to happen. 
so Metagen might prove to be the exception. But with Metagen's bored and C-suite dominated by academics, it might be harder for Shinji than for most deep tech founders. But frankly, either way is a good result for Metagen. If they don't make the transition, they'll probably end up at the center of an active and well-funded research consortium, with some interesting incremental innovations being developed by their enterprise partners. But if they do make that transition, if they really do get behind what they determine to be their most promising applications, they could utterly transform healthcare and pharmaceuticals. It's a win either way, but I'm kind of hoping they change the world. If you want to talk more about deep tech in Japan or about poop, Shinji and I would love to hear from you. So come by disruptingjapan.com slash show 179 and let's talk about it. If you leave a comment, I guarantee Shinji or I or maybe both will respond. And hey, if you get the chance, please leave a review on iTunes or your podcast platform of choice. Or, you know, if you like the show, just tell someone about it. But most of all, thanks for listening. And thank you for letting people interested in Japanese startups know about the show. I'm Tim Romero, and thanks for listening to Disrupting Japan.